Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Well, welcome everybody to the First Things First podcast. Each week on the First Things First podcast, we invite amazing, interesting, incredible people to sit down and have a conversation with us. Uh, the, the, the important thing though, that you need to know is that all of these people that we have that come in and have a conversation are people who could be your neighbors, right? They're people who live in shallow water, go to our church or are connected with, uh, first shallow water or the community somehow, uh, in, in a lot of different ways. And so this week's no exception this week. Uh, my friend, Tony Cotton is here and, uh, he is gonna, he, we're going to talk together today, but Tony's been a long time member at first shallow water. He's, you're a deacon at yes, our church correct. and, uh-huh. Uh, and serves in our church in a bunch of ways. You guys have a uh, Sunday school class, a grow group that you guys uh, Yeah, we co-teach with, with uh, Steve Neiman in the Grace yeah. Connection class. Yes, yeah. all right, Grace so. Connection. So if you're coming to our church and you don't have a grow group, that's a good one to plug into. Yeah, but exactly. a lot of great things about Tony, but I'm going to let him tell you about himself instead of me telling you. So Tony, what about the, what's the essential Tony Cotton? What do people need to know about you? Oh gosh, I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> probably more than they want to know. Yeah. But anyway, we, you know, I grew up here in Lubbock and yeah. so, you know, grew up and, and spent my whole life here and, and, uh, you know, just, uh, got married, you know, mm-hmm. in a small church here in, in the Lubbock area. And, yeah. and so I'm married to, to Laurie and, and we've been married 41 years now. 41 and years. Yeah. We got married and we're 13. <laughs> um, just kidding. <laughs> We did get married young, not that young, but uh, 41 years. And so we have uh, two great kids. Um, Misty is is her daughter and and Casey is our son. Uh And um, now we have six grandkids, all under the age of eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. eight and under. So they're they're a handful and, and a lot of fun. And so... It's uh, it's been exciting. It's uh, uh, life's been good. God's blessed me more than I ever deserved, and so uh, all the glory to Him. Yeah, He does that, doesn't He? He, he does. He blesses us more than we deserve. That's yeah. kind of how He rolls. So that's good. Uh, so talk a little bit about uh, uh, talk a little bit about you know uh, your family business, Everly Brooks. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what you guys do there. Well, we uh, you know it's I've always been self employed, and right. so you know it's uh, um, always. Uh, have different businesses we've, we've started and, and created different businesses throughout the years. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, we tried to do all these it's, as a family. We, right. all of our, our businesses are run as a family and we, uh, uh, my son has taken over and he runs and owns and operates Sable Homes. And okay. Then, yeah. And then our daughter is running the event business, Everly Brooks events and, yeah. and her husband, Austin. And so, uh, they do a great job and, and we just help out as we can and, and yeah. do what we can. And so, uh, it's, it's been a wonderful adventure. God's blessed in those ways and, and never knew we'd end up in those businesses. Cause you know, when I was small, I was actually born in Denver city, Texas. Okay. Yeah. And my parents were from there and they moved uh, to, to Lubbock, you know, shortly after they were married when I was a baby and, mm-hmm. and, um, I didn't ever get to know my grandparents on my mom's side. Uh, they they died in a house fire when I was a baby. Oh man! And so my parents moved here and lived in a little house over there on Avenue A, across from Coca Cola bottling plant. <laughs> and uh, part of the the storyline is that they told me is uh, they finally ended up buying a little house on on the west side of Lubbock, out from one end of town to the other off Chicago Avenue. And, yeah. And uh, it was a newer house, small house, but it was a newer house and. And right after they moved in, they had a uh, leak in the wall, a plumbing leak. And so they called the uh, plumber up and that, that had done the plumbing in the house. And he came. And he was just a few years older than them at the time. They were in their early 20s. And, right. And he came and, and fixed, uh, uh, fixed the pipe and was sitting talking to them and realized they were new in the community and said, Hey, you know, do you have a church home yet? Uh-huh. And... They, uh, they were like, no, you know, they, they grew up in church, but my grandparents, my dad's side didn't really actively attend. Right. And same way I think of my mom's side. So when they moved to Lubbock, they weren't really going to church. And, and so this, this plumber had invited them, uh, to, uh, to go church. And so it was just a few blocks down the street from where they grew up. I mean, from where they'd moved in. And so, so they started attending there 
and uh, became members and got involved. And, and uh, so we, we ended up growing up in that church, a little bitty church, you know, less than 100 people. But, yeah. you know, I uh, grew up, spent my whole childhood in that church. That's awesome. You know? And so, uh, uh, so it's kind of ironic. You never know the opportunities God's going to provide that, you know, this plumber that fixed the pipe in their wall, right. you know, invited them to church and ended up getting to know them. And that's the career path I ended up going into right? Yeah. as I got older. And I ended up uh, becoming a master plumber at 19 Yeah, and wow. uh, ended up you know, running my own business for years in that, that regard. Man, and so awesome. just because one guy took an opportunity, sure, you know, divine appointment that God gave him and said, Hey, you know, yeah. Would y'all be interested? And so not only did it affect that family, but it affected, you know, families on down the line. That and legacy. Such a story for us to do the same thing. Yeah. And you know, we have those opportunities, just a simple invite. Right. You know? Every day. Yeah. And, you know, I want to say, too, that because sometimes I think we forget that, like, uh, you know, our vocation or, you know, our job um, we kind of live with this false dichotomy that, you know, we go to work and we do our job and that's our mm-hmm. job stuff. And then we go to church and we, and that's our God stuff, you right. know? And, uh, we don't sometimes understand that our, our job is a mission field and mm-hmm. it's a, and there's a calling that God has placed on our lives to, to, um, to use whatever the resources mm-hmm. are, talents we are to advance his kingdom. And that's what that plumber was doing, right? He understood that his, you know, his vocation was going to bring him into contact with some young families. And when he had those opportunities, he, 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 you know, he shared a little bit of his faith, invited you to church. How cool is that? That's exactly right. And it wasn't to his defense, wasn't anything he did wrong. That she right. rocker had nailed a pipe, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he's not alive today, but uh, yeah. if he was, I'd make sure That's everybody good. knew he's that he didn't plumber. mess up, you know? <laughs> But uh, uh, but a she rock nailed that pop and it eventually rusted out and that's uh-huh. why he had to go back. But you know God provided that opportunity for him and he took advantage of that opportunity. And that's the key part there that he didn't go. Well, I don't know what to say to them. You know I'm yeah. too, too shy or too embarrassed. But you know he impacted not just that generation that that couple that he just met, but even their kids down the road. So. That's amazing. And yeah. you know all of us in whatever whatever field we're in, whatever vocation mm-hmm. we're in. All of us have opportunities like that all around us all the time. Yeah, so, we just open our eyes and pay attention. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Just, too many of us are just too scared. Yeah, you know, we're like, oh, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. But right, you know, if God tells you to do it, just do it. Just do it. If yeah. you have, if you're, He'll if give someone, you the words, say. Yeah, I mean, if someone's standing in front of you, you know, you, you know, reach out to them. That's yeah. that's good. So you became a master plumber at nineteen. Started yeah. a plumbing business eventually, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then did did you eventually? When when did Sable Homes come about? Did you how did you get there? Yeah, I actually, we, <laughs> Laurie and I got married young. Yeah. And so we actually, I uh, built our, our plumbed our first house. Uh-huh. You know, at nineteen, right? Yeah. I, I went took my German's test right before my twentieth uh, birthday, and and so we built that first house at twenty, and then. I was always in new construction with the plumbing side, the sure. plumbing, heat, and air side of the business. And so, uh, you know, it was probably 10, 15 years later, I decided to start, you know, building some houses. And mm-hmm. so we started that company and then my son came on board as he got older and, yeah. and, uh, we incorporated that into Sable Homes, you know, oh gosh, it's probably been eight or nine years ago and he runs it now. He yeah. owns and operates it all now and right. does a tremendous job, him and his wife, Holly. Yeah. And, uh, they live here in shallow water and, and yeah. so they're getting to know a lot of people and That's uh, good. kids, uh, you know, my grandson Brooks and my other grandson David are just getting in the school system, so awesome. all the teachers know who to blame now. Yeah, so. <laughs> they're gonna come after you. That's awesome. Well, I, that's uh, what, a, what that's a really cool story that God gave you the opportunity to, you know, to use your experience, kind of gain some knowledge, and then start this new business. That then eventually you're able to just hand that off to your son. That's a cool. That's a really cool thing. Yeah, it's it's been a blessing. It's uh, you know to get to work with your kids full time, right? And uh, you know, and let them just grow and just to uh, now just take it and expand it the way they want to, and yeah, and uh, let God bless them in, in ways that you know, uh, you know, I'm not talented enough to do. So right. you yeah, know, yeah, 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 they'll they'll take and grow it, and and uh, God will bless them for their efforts. So. That's awesome. And Everly Brooks is kind of the same way. It's an event center, but uh, but your daughter runs that, right? Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about what you guys do out there. Yeah, uh, that was just, again, God opened that door. We didn't plan on doing that years ago, and, mm-hmm. and he opened that opportunity, and and uh, we decided to, to go through that door, and he's blessed it. And and my daughter, uh, Misty, and her husband, Austin, now run that. You know, yeah. uh, Just her and I was running it for the first year or two and working uh-huh. sales to death, and it finally grew to the point where we can 
uh, hire some other people. She's she's completely run owns it and runs it now. And so, uh, gosh, they they do a tremendous amount. You know, uh, hundred plus weddings a year. Wow. And, and 180 you know different events and wow. and so they just they stay covered up lord's just uh, tremendously blessed them and and uh she's you know has four kids now and so <laughs> all under eight and so uh the, it keeps them busy and yeah. we help as we can when they ask you know we'll throw in a helping hand and so we're we're uh, excited to help them as we can and that's a business you know that that your daughter can do and still you know raise kids you know because yeah you know well, and she has a number of employees now too, yeah, so that helps. Uh, that helps a tremendous amount, and and them working together. And Laurie and I always uh, ran our businesses together as a husband wife team, uh-huh. and uh, you know we used to always have the same. If you're not working together, you're working apart. Yeah, <laughs> and so it was a tremendous blessing. You know, it's not for everybody, but you sure. know it, it worked great for us. And they're kind of doing the same things. Both our kids are working with their spouses and their businesses, and and uh, it's it just works out really nice for them. It's, uh, keeps, you know, they, they just get to achieve the same goals and shoot for the same, uh, uh, things and, and, uh, work together and achieve that. And, and it just, I think strengthens their marriages and, yeah, and yeah. helps them to grow in the Lord too. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, okay. So Tony, uh, you know, every, every time we do one of these podcasts, one of the things I always want to hear about and our listeners kind of want to hear about is they want to hear about your faith story. Like, how did you come to faith in Christ? What would that journey look like for you? I know you grew up mm-hmm. in this, in a little church in Lubbock, you know, but so, so when, where was that point in your life where you s- turned your heart and your life over to Christ and who was kind of involved in that? What did that look like? Yeah, exactly. Uh, like I said, as growing up in that small church, you know, you become families and, yeah. and you know yeah. everybody and. And of course, my parents were instrumental in, in teaching us, took us Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, you know. Right. Uh, and so in a small knit group like that, you know, you, you learn the, about the Lord and the gospel and the, the scripture really early. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, you, you gain a deep understanding of that. Mm-hmm. And so I remember it was in RA camp one year. Yeah. You know, Florida. Awesome. Yeah. Plain Plain Assembly. And, and uh, you know, my friends had committed their lives to Christ, and I knew the Lord was telling me to do the same thing. So, you know, I uh, invited him to my life and committed uh, my life to him during RA camp at about age eight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I baptized a couple of weeks later. And, uh-huh. and so it's uh, it's been exciting since then, you know, just see what the Lord has done in my life. And and so continued to grow up. We had a, a tight-knit youth group there. there. You know, there was only 25, 30 of us. But right. Amazingly, yeah, that twenty five thirty, you know, there's I think uh, three went into the ministry and Sweet. and uh, two or three went into missions. Yeah, and wow. so you know, even though it was a small group, you know, uh-huh. they uh, they they went on, and so uh, as I I actually surrendered and was called into the ministry at eighteen. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so I was struggling. Oh, you know, okay, how am I going to do this? You know, right? Yeah, and. So at 19, you know, started serving bivocationally in, in uh, the church I actually grew up in. They called me to, to be their uh, youth minister awesome. at 19. So it was just yeah. a couple of years older than some of these kids. You know? <laughs> Parents would look at you like, hey. Yeah. So I grew a big beard, so I'd look older. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Did it work? Did it, it did. Okay, it, you know, yeah, right, yeah, it worked. You know, everybody <laughs> thought I was older than I was. So. Um, but, you know, it, it was great. You know, Laurie and I were married, and, and uh, we were working, uh, uh, like I said, with the uh, with the youth there at that church and, mm-hmm. and God was opening business doors too. And, yeah. and so we were, uh, growing a business and working and, and I knew God wanted me in the ministry. And so, you know, I ended up, uh, you know, starting Wayland at, yeah. at night here at the Lubbock campus. Right. And so, you know, I'd work all day and then I'd just drive my truck to the parking lot at, at the yeah. Lubbock center and have a change of shirts and some deodorant, throw on, go to class from six to 10. Cause we had to take all the night classes Yeah, and weekend classes were Friday night and then all day Saturday. Right. And then, uh, go home, eat dinner about 10 o'clock wow. <laughs> and write papers to midnight, do book work or whatever. And then the next night while I was in class, Laura would be typing those papers cause that was before computers. Yes. And yeah. So, and then she'd be mad at me cause I'd come by and proof them and, <laughs> make changes and she'd have to retop them all, you know, so couldn't have oh, done it without her. I mean, the I was, typewriter days, oh, because yeah. like if you, if, if there's one sentence that you need to change in a page, you get to retype the entire page. The entire brutal. thing is brutal. Yeah. Kids, yeah. you kids out there listening, you don't know, you don't know how good you've got exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, that was some hard stuff in yeah. those days. She could type. I couldn't, you know, I right. hunt and peck and it would 
I'd, it'd taken a, a 10 years for me to get that if I had to yeah. type all those papers. <laughs> <laughs> Did, was your degree a, a ministry degree? It, I originally started off in uh, religious education right. and I ended up with the BSOE, you know, okay. uh, in occupational education. Okay, awesome. And so it took, uh, it took a number of years taking night classes, but we did yeah. it all through, uh, through the evening night classes. And, and then we'd do the youth ministry at the same time. So Man. Wednesday nights we'd have a few services and Sundays. And, yeah. and the church we were serving at, by then Lord had moved us to uh, another church in Lubbock, uh-huh. a little church called Bel Air Baptist Church. And, okay. And uh, we were uh, working there. And uh, it was a lower income church. And, and most of the time, like on uh, retreats and youth camps and stuff, Laurie and I were taking a group should drive one van. I drive one. Right. And yeah. we're the only adult sponsors on, yeah. on these trips. And so, uh, it was exciting though. We got a lot of great relationships over the years and Lord blessed. And, but I would struggle with, um, you know, while the Lord wasn't calling me into full-time ministry, you know, I've, I've yeah. been doing this for bivocationally for a couple of years and, and, you know, I'd get asked to go do disciple in the house at these big churches and I'd work sure. with these guys that were all full-time and, and I was like, okay, you know, Lord, what's the deal? You know, it's like, uh-huh. I've been working on the degree, you know, the education. I was like, and so, you know, I'd struggle with that. And uh, I'd wonder, okay, which way? I mean, because the businesses were growing, and but yet we were loving doing our, our ministry. Yes. And yeah. uh, so I was like, you know, what's what's going on? You know, uh-huh. where are you taking me? You yeah. know, and it, it was so hard sometimes to to know exactly where God's going to take you. Right. And uh, and and you struggle with that, knowing exactly which direction to go. And and I remember reading, I think it's Proverbs um, three, five, and six. Uh-huh. You know, trust in the Lord um, with all your heart. Yeah. Lean not unto I'm your own right. understanding, and and uh, uh, He will guide your paths. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. And so. I remember that scripture and I was like, okay, that's simple. Yeah. <laughs> I tell the class all the time, scripture is really simple. We were the ones complicated, you know? <laughs> that's, that's He's like, trust the Lord, don't yeah. lean into your own understanding, you yeah. know? And all things acknowledge him and he will guide your path. That's right. And so I'm like, okay, that's easy enough. I can do that. Uh-huh. So we continued with the bivocational, you know, ministry and, and the Lord blessed. And, and uh, then, you know, you start getting in your own head. You start making it complicated. Yeah. And so I start thinking, well maybe Satan's opening these business doors to keep me out of the ministry full time. Yeah. You right. know? Yeah. And you know, you start thinking of those things, thinking, man, I don't, you know, maybe, maybe he's the one opening these doors. So I don't do this full time, you know, sure. cause I really, really wanted to, to be in it full time. And, and I couldn't understand why those doors weren't opening. And, and so I started contemplating that. And, uh, it was probably, you know, I struggled with that for probably a year, yeah. year or two. And, and, uh, we, uh, had a new uh, music minister coming on at, uh-huh. at our church there. And his name is Lonnie Carroll and, and a uh, tremendously talented guy. He's bivocational too. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, he got the guy played like six, seven instruments, you know, and write yeah. songs and tremendous vocals, you know, just a, a, a great guy. And, and anyway, after he was there for a while, we became good friends. And I just asked him one day, I'm like, you are so talented. You know, why aren't you doing this full time? You right. know, well, yeah. you know, why aren't you, why aren't you doing it full time? I mean, he, he, he was that talented. He should, you know, you think, you know, the Lord should be able to, and, and he said that, you know, I asked him, you know, what, do you get frustrated that you're not doing it full time? Cause you know, I was thinking about my own situation. Sure. And, uh, he said, oh, I'd love to do it full time. He said, but I've, I, you know, I've always known I'm just going to bloom where I planted. That's what he told me. Yeah. Bloom, where, just you bloom where you planted. Right. And so I thought about that and I thought, Okay, that's great, you know, but I'm still struggling with this issue. And, and uh, it was probably a couple of weeks after he told me that, that our pastor asked me to, uh, to fill in for him yeah. to preach that Sunday. And, and uh, so I was prepping for that. And of course, being 21 or something, you know, you're right. thinking, okay, I need to do something that's not too complicated. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah let's keep, keep it simple. <laughs> and so uh, I was doing some research and I thought, I came across, the Lord led me to uh, uh, the story of Jesus walking on the water. Uh-huh. You know, and I thought, oh, that's a great, great scripture there in Matthew. And I thought, I'll, I'll preach on that. Yeah. And so I was reading and researching that. And, and uh, then I flipped over to Mark mm-hmm. and read that Mark's account of that right. story. And, you know, of course I was going to go with the, uh, you know, staying focused on Jesus, you know, and sure. keeping your eyes on him and so forth, so on. Yeah. And, and then I read the, there's one, one verse, 
or in or one sentence in Mark that just stood out to me when I was studying that. And it's that verse where he says, as Jesus, you know, Jesus told him to get in the boat and go to the other shore. Yes. He said, go over there and wait for me. Uh-huh. And two parts of that I love that gets overlooked so many times. Uh, it's, they did that before dark. Okay. Yes. They got in the boat and started heading across there before dark. And then it says, you know, right before sunrise, Jesus starts heading across. Right. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm going to come when, when I'm ready. When I'm ready, yeah. But the funny thing is, is once they got out on the water, they immediately started struggling. Storm yes. kicked up and they're paddling. Uh-huh. It even says he watched them from the shore, you know, struggling. They were yeah. aimlessly with their <laughs> All oars. night long. All night long. <laughs> you know? That's a sermon in itself. We yeah. won't go there. Yeah. But, uh, but he gets on and starts walking across the water. And the account in Mark says, as he was about to pass them by. Right. You know, and that just stuck to me and it, and it resonated. And I thought, you know, because I hadn't heard a lot of people talk about that one little verse. Sure. And I thought, you know, that's so true to us today. You know, God tells us to do something and he expects us to be there doing it. Yes. You know? Yeah. And yet we're struggling, you know, we're fighting the, the you know, the, the winds of fear and the waves of de- despair and so forth. And he expects us to already be over there doing it. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's, he knew where they were. I mean, exactly. you know, he knew where they were. And it makes me wonder sometimes, too, if they hadn't called out for help, would he have kept on going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he would have. I think, and I think they, and yeah. they would have made it to the other side. Yeah, and he'd been and, over there going, yeah. where y'all been? Hey, guys, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so as I thought about that, I thought, you know, that's what God wants to do. He wants us to be where he tells us to be, to do uh-huh. what he tells us to do. And he expects us to do it, right. you know, and, uh, you know, he expects us to bloom where we're planted. Uh-huh. And so, you know, he wanted me bivocational and, and uh, Lonnie told me one time, you know, that all these people need to know the Lord too. Exactly. And so once I realized that and I realized, okay, God, you know, you open the doors, I'll walk through them. Uh-huh. And, uh, I'm not going to worry about, you know, if I'm truly trying to do what I feel God's telling me to do, then he's going to work it for the best. Yeah. You know, he's going to, he's going to, uh. Uh, bless it. And how many times do we miss blessings that pass us by because we're not where God wants us to be? Yeah, no doubt. You know, yeah, that he's got blessings stored up for us, but yet he's about to pass by because we're not calling out to him Mm -hmm. or we're not where he's told us to be, or we're not doing what he expects us to do or, or saying what he wants us to say. And so, you know, that's just uh, really, and so from that point on, you know, we, uh, uh, we're committed. Just whatever you tell us to, do, Lord, we'll do it. You mm-hmm. know, we'll 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 go there. We'll do that. And so, I think for twelve more years, Lonnie and I both served at that church. Wow. You know. Yeah. And uh, you know, the Lord blessed and and great relationships and and uh, at the same time, you know, we continue to grow our business and and open those doors there. And looking back now, you know, at the time you don't understand. Sure. But that's why he said lean not into your own understanding. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I can look back now, forty years, and see oh. That all makes sense. Right. You know, I can look back and go, he opened these business doors because, you know, there, I wouldn't be able to do in school, you know, any other way. My parents yeah. couldn't afford to help me do it. And, right. And um, so he opened those doors. I could pay, you know, afford yeah. to, to, to complete school and and um, and looking on down, you know, uh, just all different things that happen along the way. We won't have time to get into. But, uh, you know, that because he opened these doors, he allowed other things to happen. Right. And we don't always get to see those things. You know, sometimes exactly. you know, we'll ask those questions. I don't understand yeah. why and what so forth. Right. Sometimes we're blessed when he'll reveal those to us. Sometimes we won't know till we get to heaven. But yeah. uh but I can look back now and I can see that. But at that time I struggled. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, is Satan doing this or what you right. know. <laughs> I thought you're like, I thought you called me to ministry, Lord. Yeah. So like why are you not giving me the opportunity to do that when he totally was giving you exactly. opportunity to do that, not just to the people in your church, but to mm. all of the people that you worked with on your job sites mm. and to all the people that you, you know, yeah. which is, uh, you want to talk about mission field. Oh you yeah. Know? I mean, the, uh, you knew from personal experience, the impact that one plumber can right. have one plumber surrendered to Christ mm-hmm. can have on a family. Exactly. You know? And, and that's the beauty of it. You know, yeah. it's, we have in our minds way something's supposed to be exactly and how yeah. it's supposed to look right. and, and the way it's supposed to play out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, sometimes we just step out by faith and go, okay, God, you yeah. know, 
I don't understand it. And that's why I said, don't understand it. That's Trust right. in his understanding, <laughs> right. you know? That's right. That's why I said, the scriptures are simple. If we'll just take yeah, them for what yeah. they're at. It's like, lean okay. not on your own understanding. Just trust me. And, yeah. and so, you know, we've kind of had that philosophy learning out of our whole life. And, mm-hmm. and people look at us and some of the things we've done, they just go, y'all are crazy, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> well, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> well, they're not, you know. Th- those are people who know us really well, yeah. you know? Um but Laurie's crazy because she stuck with me all these that's years, true. you know, yeah, the, you know. That's awesome. but, um, it's, uh, but you just step out on faith yeah. and, and God's going to bless it. You know, if you're, you're truly honoring, trying to do what he wants you to do yeah. and, uh, you just step out on faith and, and let him bless. Mm-hmm. And that's the exciting thing is, you know, God's blessed us more than we ever deserve. Sure. And that's true with all of us, yeah. you know, but, um, and, and you think back and you think, you know, uh, I didn't deserve these blessings, Lord, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, but yet you stay faithful and he, he wants to give them to you, yeah. you know? Right. And so it's, it's exciting, you yeah. know, just to, uh, to follow and, to uh, live by faith and not by fear. Sure. You know? Oh yeah. And so, uh, it's, we've had to go through things in our lives that help us to experience that and to, uh, understand it each and every day. Yeah. And you know, as human beings, we have this tendency to, um, you know, to, to want to think about or worry about the future, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus is, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, he's like, look, you guys, you know, don't, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the, you know, the birds don't worry about mm-hmm. what they eat, but, but they're eating fine. You know, the, yeah. the flowers of the field, they don't worry about what they're going to wear, but the Solomon and all his royal robes is not as beautiful as they are not adorned as beautiful as they are, you know, and uh, but we do that. Like we want to think down the road, and we want to imagine, you know, the future. We want to kind of try to picture what our lives look like. But the gospel is so much about just simple obedience mm-hmm. in the present. How 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 can I be obedient mm-hmm. to the Lord God in this moment that I'm in right here? Exactly. And, uh, and if you keep you put put those moments of obedience back to back over mm-hmm. over the course of a life, and and you 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 build a life that's made a lot of impact and advance the kingdom of God and and a life that God's been able to use right. yeah yeah it's like the old gospel hymn trust and obey yeah. you know it's so that's simple it's, yeah i mean it. it's it, it really is so simple but we just make it so difficult uh-huh. and uh people throughout history have tried to make the gospel so sure. difficult oh yeah and he's like you know suffer not children under me unless yeah. you come as one of them you know it's, yeah. it's simple and uh but we were like no it's too simple it's got to be harder than that yeah. we're gonna make it harder than that you know it's <laughs> like uh and it's really not my class gets tired of hearing that but I'll, yeah. I'll tell them all the time you know this really is simple right you know we're the ones that make it hard we are yeah we, we you know we just we want to make it hard because we can't understand it so if we can't understand it then it's got to be harder than that, you know. Yeah. Well, and I think too, we like uh, the concept is simple. The doing of surrender exactly. is harder because we have to lay down our our own desires. Mm-hmm. So we would like for it. We would like for there to be any kind of convoluted, complex solution other than. In order to mm-hmm. gain your life, you have to lay your life down. You know, well, like that's the that's the hard part. Yeah, that's exactly. The, well, it gives us an excuse. Yeah, we we'll, yeah. we want to. There's got to be another way, right? There's right. got to be some other convoluted, complicated way that doesn't involve me having mm-hmm. to surrender all of my life, having to do, having to just be obedient to God, no matter where He leads me. You exactly. know, exactly. So that's much harder. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah, we're we want to. So we can have an excuse for not doing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would have, <laughs> you know, I would have make up some other way. And in church, it's, it's kind of that way too, because grace is such a, a radical concept, you know, mm-hmm. and just the undeserved love of God. It's, right. it's so, it's so crazy. It's so simple. Right. But it's also so crazy, you know? And, and so we're my, my, my grow group, my college and mm-hmm. young adult folks, uh, we've been in Galatians mm-hmm. and Paul is just, bashing the Galatians. He's like, what, why have you guys drifted from the gospel that I taught you? Mm -hmm. And we talk about how our natural drift as humans is back to legalism because, because the checkbox of things that you do and you don't do is so much, it's so much easier for our human brains than relationship. Exactly. Than just giving ourselves over to the Lord. And I don't know why we're that way, but we are. We, we, you're, you're exactly right. We, we make things complicated. We add things to the gospel. We want to try to, we want to try to make it more than it is or more, more complicated than it is. Mm -hmm. That's true. And 
it happens to us all the time, just like uh, our friend that invited my parents to church, you know, if we're just be more receptive to the Holy Spirit, you know, when he tells us do something, just do it. Just do it. Don't, don't think about it, you know, (laughs) and even in church, you know, you know, we used to encourage, uh, you know, people, it's like, you know, if you're in the middle of church and somebody tells you to go up and go pray for someone, go do it. Go do it. You know, go do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just who do you think that voice is that's telling you to do that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so we just tell our kids all the time, if you're having to struggle and and decide, you know, whether I should do something or not, well, you probably shouldn't. (laughs) Yes. If you're having to have that debate. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, because you immediately know if if you're trying to, if you're striving to, to live in God's will and do what he wants you to do. Yeah. Then when you're having to make a decision, you're giving that answer pretty quick. Right. I mean, you know exactly we try to justify uh-huh. our own actions and try to come up, well, maybe this, maybe that, just like I was doing, you know, uh, asking, well, is God opening these doors or is it Satan opening these doors keeping me from doing this? Right. You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, instead of just surrendering and saying, all right, God, I'll, I can work two different directions at once. Yeah. And, you know, it's amazing that God used us during those years. You know, it was, it was tiring. I'll, oh, I'll grant you yeah. that. It, it yeah. was very tiring, but, uh, it was very rewarding. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, so many of those uh, churches can't hire people full time. Right. And they need bivocational ministers. Yes. And, and so uh, once we totally surrendered, this is what God wants to do. We absolutely loved it and yeah. uh, uh, did that for years and years. And eventually as our kids got older and got into school, we kind of retired from <laughs> from the youth ministry yeah. and, and got involved in Wolford. We were living in Wolford at that time and, and got involved there and because the kids, all the friends were in school there and stuff. Yes. We didn't really know anyone because we were living there, but, you know, serving elsewhere. And, uh-huh. and uh, so, but the Lord wants to get involved in that local church. And so we did that and we're there for like 18 years. And, wow. And um, all, the whole time kids were in school and so forth. Yeah. And, and then uh, the last thing uh, um, during the pastor change, I was asked to be the interim pastor there. Yeah. And awesome. uh, so we did that for about a year and then called a, they called a new pastor and, and um, the Lord called us and, encouraged us to come out here. So, yeah, right. um, so anyway, we, uh, uh, we were building some houses out here uh-huh. and in shallow water. And so just reminded me that small town, you know, vibe and small town atmosphere that drew us to Wolfert when we right. first moved out there, you know, yeah. uh, years and years ago. And so enjoyed it, loved, uh, working out here. And so we, uh, thought let's, we didn't know anyone out here. Yeah. We just, you know, Lord said, Hey, you know, want you to go out there? Like, okay, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we'll meet some people. Sure. So, anyway, so that's and that was about eight years ago. Man. And so uh, we've enjoyed getting to know people and and making new friendships out here. So. Yeah. Well, when we have loved having you as a part of the church too. So you guys have, you know, rolled up your sleeves and gone to work like you do everywhere, yeah. and uh, and that's pretty. That's been awesome. So, okay, so you know, you've talked about kind of that struggle with call to ministry mm-hmm. and that, and what is this supposed to look like? And all that I can totally identify with that, by the way, because mm-hmm. God called me to preach when I was six years old. Like yeah. he spoke to me and said, you're going to be a preacher. But when I looked around at all the preachers I knew, I was like, yeah, especially as I got older, I thought, man, I can't be one of those guys. You know, I can't, yeah. I, I'm not a suit guy. You know, right. I'm not a, you know, I don't have the right hair, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and so, uh, so I, you know, I wondered how that calling was going to be fulfilled in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a, it's a real long story that I'm not going to tell right now, but it was crazy how God fulfilled that. Like mm-hmm. how I was going around the nation really proclaiming the gospel, but I was doing it in this way that I never would have imagined. You know? right. And, uh, and I'm so grateful for that season in my life. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. where God was calling me permanently, but it was this awesome season and, mm-hmm. And anyway, and I and and it was within his calling. I just didn't know it because I got blinders on about what exactly. it was he wanted me to do. And anyway, and we tend to do that. We tend mm-hmm. to do that. So, uh, what are some other times in your life where you felt like, you know, in uh, during this season of my life, mm-hmm. I really learned something about the Lord. I learned something about you know my relationship with Him, mm-hmm. about myself. What are, what are some other times in your life where you really felt like you really grew like that? Yeah, you know, early on, I. Uh... Um, kind of came to knowledge that we, you know, this is just a short time span that we're on this earth. Right. And, uh, you know, my mom suffered from MS. She had MS wow. her, her whole life and she was diagnosed, uh, in her 
early 20s. And wow. at that time, there was no treatment. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a new disease and they had no idea what's going on. There's still sure. no cure today. Right. But there are some treatments today. But probably by the time I was, uh, you know, in elementary school, she, she had, uh, was using a walker. Wow. And then by the time I was probably 14, she was in a wheelchair. Man. And uh, then probably by the time I was 16, 17, she'd actually lost complete use of her arms and legs. Man. And so completely uh, confined to wheelchair. And yet... You know, the amazing thing about it was, you know, all the years I knew her. And, and you think about, you know, MS is one of those diseases, especially in, in, in her day and time. Uh-huh. You know, for her to know that each day was going to get worse than the day before. Gosh, yeah. You know. For all those years. For all those years. And she, she lived into her 60s, which was quite a while, you know, yeah. for someone with MS. And, and, but to think about, to wake up every day and to know this day is going to be worse than the day before. Right, right. You know, and tomorrow's going to be worse than today. But yet she never, she never complained. She never blamed God. Right. She never uh, said, woe is me, you Uh know, and, and want uh, sympathy or anything like that. She, she continued to, I mean, as long as she could, she even, she'd sing in the choir, she'd use her walker, get down, you know, and, and then when she couldn't, you know, she, uh, uh, you know, she'd continue just to serve any way she could. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yet she was, st- God still used her even in those, all those years that she was confined, basically, you know, the last, I don't know, 30 years of life, you know, she was confined to the, to a wheelchair and to her bed wow. and she had caretakers and stuff and she would minister to those caretakers and they, yeah, they, right. tes- you know, they give testimony of, you know, Oh gosh, I learned and, and, you know, she gave more to me than I gave to her, wow. you know, yeah. and, and that just, that was such an impact to me to realize that, you know, all the things that we struggle with in this life are nothing. Yeah. You know, they're, they're really not worth worrying about. Uh-huh. And so one of the things people, when you get to know me is I don't worry about anything. Uh-huh. I mean, it just, I don't worry about it. Right. Nothing really bothers me and impacts me in that way because I've seen that, you know, life could be so much worse. Yeah. You know, life could be so much harder that we just take the blessings God gives us today. We enjoy them. We thankful for, thank him for them. You know, each day you wake up as a blessing because, you know, scriptures tell us, you know, what we're promised is death for the wages of sin, death. That's (laughs) each day. That's that's what what we we deserve. deserve. Yeah. And so when you come to that realization that that's what I deserve today. So anything above that is a good day. (laughs) (laughs) No (laughs) doubt. No doubt. Yeah. You have a good plumber friend, you know, or go to everybody says, oh, how are you today? You know, we yeah. all say that. Yeah. And he'd always come back and say, well, I'm upright and walking, so it's a good day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it strikes me too when you tell, told your mom's story. Mm-hmm. Um, it strikes me that so much of, you know, the way that she li- chose to live her last, you know, 30 years. Yeah. Um, is so much uh, how you ended up kind of having to live your life and, th- you know, thinking mm-hmm. through your life because... She had these circumstances that were out of her control. Oh, exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, and so she didn't, She wasn't trying to control her circumstances. Mm-hmm. She was trying to be faithful in her circumstances. Mm-hmm. She was just going to be, look, I'm confined to this wheelchair. I'm confined to this bed. There's these people taking care of me. But but, uh, but this is not, uh, uh, how, how do I say this? this? This is not, it's not so much a challenge as it is an opportunity. Yeah. And, and I'm going to take the opportunities that are out there in front of me. And then, so then in your life, right, when you're, you're, you, you're wanting to be in full-time ministry and you imagine yourself mm-hmm. there, but it's just not ever happening, the, the lesson that you eventually learned is, look, you know, this is not a challenge, right? These are opportunities. Right. I'm, going to, I'm going to take the opportunities that the Lord puts in front mm-hmm. of me, and I'm going to try to be faithful to Him in the midst of all of that. And uh, it, 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 I don't know, it just occurs to me that maybe you... Some of that is because you watched your mom live that out in, yeah. in way more difficult circumstances right. than the one you were dealing with, but but you watched her kind of live out that kind of faith, you know? Exactly. And and that's that's the the beauty of it is yeah. you know, she, she she you know radiated, you know, God's love every day. Right. Even yeah. though in the situation you were, she could have been, you know, just angry. She could have been yes. you know, yeah. frustrated right. and just uh, a bitter person. But yet she wasn't going to let that happen because she knew that wasn't the end game. Exactly. You know, for us as Christians, you know, right. we, we are going to be healed someday. Yeah. You know, we are, you know, she's, you know, dancing in glory right now. That's so, right. you know, yeah. we, that's the beauty. That's the hope that we have is that this isn't the end game. You mm-hmm. know, we win in the end. 
you know, it doesn't matter what happens along the way. That's right. We win in the end. And so that's the hope that we have that, you know, even the suffering, the circumstances, stuff we go through in this life is just temporary. Yeah. And we have such a greater future ahead of us that, you know, we can endure a little bit here and there. Uh, And so, yeah, so, you know, that impacted me that every day I wake up is with commitment. I'm going to make this day the best day it can be. Yeah. I'm going to be the best version of myself that I can be. Uh And I'm going to do whatever God tells me to do that day. Today. Because this may be my last day. Right. And so, you know, it's, uh, so that's a challenge each day is just to wake up with that attitude that I'm going to be the best that God wants me to be today mm-hmm. and, uh, do all that he can do. I mean, he's blessed me with health and, and, and strength and, and, uh, wellness that, you know, I'm going to make the best of this day that I can Yeah. and the opportunities it gives me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about, Okay, is this going to succeed or is it going to fail? Right. If God's telling me to do it, it's going to succeed. That's right. I mean, yeah. I'm not worried about that. And, and success, I don't, success may not be at all what I think it is, but but it will be success because it's the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, one of my favorite stories that, of course, he told it all the time in youth ministry is, yeah. you know, when David conquers Goliath, you know. Right. And the favorite part of that story is when he stands up and looks at Goliath and he says, you uncircumcised yeah. Philistine. <laughs> Philistine, you <know>? yeah. <laughs> And basically what, he's saying, out. Yeah, he's, basically what he's saying is, you don't belong to my God. That's right. You know, he's yeah. like, I can tell you don't belong to my God. Uh-huh. And so I don't care how big, bad you are, or how That's mean right. and ugly you are and how, you know, terrible you think this day is going to be. My God's still bigger than That's you. That's right. I'm not he's, afraid. I'm not afraid because he's bigger than you. Because yeah. my God's bigger than you, bigger than any problem, anything you can throw yeah. at me. My God's bigger than that. And yeah. so... I'm going to let him do the fighting through me, but, you know, he's doing the fighting and we're going to win today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I remember, uh, and I've told this story before, but, uh, you know, I remember sitting with my niece in hospice, you know, mm-hmm. well, her mom was passing away and, uh, from cancer. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so, you know, she's struggling. I mean, mm-hmm. she'd been praying for mom's healing and you know what I mean? Right. And was really struggling. I remember telling her, uh, and this is just the Holy Spirit. This is not you know, right. wisdom on my part. But I remember telling her, um, you know, in the very beginning, God created humans for unbroken communion with Himself. Mm-hmm. That's what we were created for. Right. But what happened is sin and brokenness kind of entered. And it was really through our acts of rebellion, you know. Exactly. Uh, entered the world and all this other mess kind of came along with that. But it hasn't changed at all what we were created for. Exactly. And the good... And the good news is that those of us who are in, in Christ, one day, mm-hmm. one day we're going to experience unbroken communion with God, yeah. right? Ultimate healing. We're going we're gonna to experience what we were created for. Mm-hmm. And all of our lives are just God moving us closer to that unbroken communion that He has for mm-hmm. us, you know? And so I remember telling her, uh, you have been praying for your mom's healing. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that in the next few hours that he's going to answer that prayer finally and fully and ultimately in a way that's more beautiful Mm -hmm. than you could ever have imagined. And, and she will experience what all of us were made to experience, Mm -hmm. which is unbroken communion with God. When you have that kind of perspective on life, right? Right. It changes everything. And and one of the gifts that God gave you through your mom Mm -hmm. is you had an understanding of that. Right. You know, because she's staring down death all the time. Exactly. You know, and so you had this understanding that, wow, I mean, there's really not, whatever happens to, nothing that happens to me today, the only thing that it can do is bump me towards unbroken communion with God. Exactly. That's where I'm going. Yeah. That's what I'm headed for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we win in the end. So that's right. It's, that's right. That's, <laughs> there's, there's nothing today that, that can be, like you said, separated from God. And yeah. so there's nothing today that is worth worrying about. That's right. Worth fretting over so much that it just destroys you as a yes. person. Yeah. And yeah. too many people do that. Oh, you know, yeah. they let the circumstances and the situations of this life uh, just overwhelm them to where, the, you know, they lose that relationship with God. Yeah. And, you know, they, they forget they can still call out to him. Yeah. You know, because if you don't, he may pass you by. That's right. He's walking. You know, he's walking. He's waiting. <laughs> And, and I love that Mark, that Mark put that in there because if they hadn't called out to him, yeah. you know, for help, I think he would have went on to the other shore and said, where are y'all at? And look, they you would know? have made it. 
Right? Oh, yeah. They would have made it to the other side, yeah. right? But they, they would have had to like, you know. Struggle. Yeah. Oh, but, struggle all the but way. But because they called out to Jesus, he was like, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, let me take care of this for y'all. You yeah. know? <laughs> no problem. I love that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so simple. And yet, you right. know, we, we're, we're struggling with the wars, all, oh, you know, man. trying to trying to roll our own lives do where it it's ourselves. supposed to go, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, when we try to do ourselves, we fail. Uh-huh. I mean, we come up short. We, right. we get frustrated. We just, you know. And, and the beauty is when we trust God and just uh-huh. put our faith fully in Him, if He's opened a door for you and you don't know what to do, just go through it. Yeah, no You know, doubt. He'll provide the words. He'll provide yeah. the, the, the means for you to, uh, to accomplish whatever He wants you to do. But you just have to, by faith, recognize He's there walking on the water waiting yeah. for you to call out to Him. He said, okay, well, I've already given you instructions, so let me help you get let over there. Let me help you, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you a question, and this is probably a little bit harder of a question, but... Uh, has there has there has there ever been a time in your life when maybe, um, whenever that perspective or whenever you felt like maybe there was the, a danger of your circumstances overwhelming that in you, like, you know, where you really had to fight against it maybe more than you had other times in your life. You know, this is going to sound terrible, but no. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. That's I, why I, I guess seeing my mom's situation, right? That you know, I mean. It, that's about as desperate as you can get. Exactly. I mean, just, and the mental side of that, just the, right. the emotional mental side of knowing that every day is going to be worse than the next. Right. And to be able to still not be bitter, not to be discouraged, not to, you know, I'm sure internally, she never, you know, externally vocalized. Sure, there were hard I'm days. I'm sure there was hard days. Yeah. But, but seeing that, I'm just, you know, it, it's just, it made such an impact that I was like, no, you know, yeah. there's nothing, there's nothing in this world that, God can't overcome. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Laurie, you know, Laurie was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. You know, sure. into our marriage, and and uh, you know, all of those. It, it was a, a situation to where, and I'll let her tell it sometime on her podcast. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know that. You know, what do you do? And you're like, you know, we prayed about it. It's like, well, trust God. Yes. You know, and and, and you know, she never had to have chemo surgery, anything else after that one. And, um, you know, it's just a, a blessing for God. God, God did it. Yeah. You know, there was times we, and it's a whole nother story. You know, right. we, we were involved in motorcycle wreck, hit a deer going 80 oh, wow. on the interstate. And, and, uh, that's a whole nother story we'll tell sometime, but you know, uh, God carried us through it. Uh-huh. You know, that could have been it. They carried us through it. Sure. You know, it's, it's an amazing story in itself. One of us ain't broke bones or anything. And, <laughs> you know, she spent a week in the hospital. I just wrap me up like a mummy, send me on my way. But yeah. that's, that's a whole nother story. But all through our lives, you know, large the dad died when he, he was young, he was right. 49. We, um, you know, we hadn't been married all that long, about five years and yeah. he passed away. And, and so helping, you know, take care of her mom and get her resituated. And then her sister's husband died when he was young. Wow. And, uh, so helping take care of that. I mean, there's so many times in your lives, you look back, you're going to struggle. You're going to go through difficult times and stuff, but the beauty of knowing Christ and having in your life is you're not doing it by yourself. Right. You know, you don't have to face those struggles, those situations as terrible, as hard as they might be. You don't have to do it by yourself. Yeah. You know, God is there to carry you through, to mm-hmm. help you through those situations. And that's the beauty of it. So you don't have to worry about it. Right. You know, and, and I came to that realization early on right. that, you know, God blessed me with, I guess, the, the knowledge of that, seeing it through my mom's life and so forth that, you know, I, I, I've never struggled with that. Sure. I, you know, not that we haven't faced, oh, faced yeah. situations, uh, you know, yeah. but I've never struggled with, uh, you know, knowing God's in charge, mm-hmm. you know, and what happens, happens. Yeah. And his will be done and, and you accept it and move on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, uh, you never know what that is. Yeah. But you just trust in him and trust that, okay, God, show me what's next. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) You had this foundational knowledge, you know, all throughout your life, watching Mm -hmm. your mom and everything. You had this foundational knowledge. God is good and he can be trusted. Exactly. So whatever you're facing, that baseline knowledge, you could always come back to that. Well, look, I mean, things look really bad, dark right now, but you know what? God is good. He can be trusted, yeah. you know? And the, the beauty of the story, I think, even more so than my mom's story is my dad's story. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. You know, we do a lot of weddings out, at, and I performed a number of them, as you have, and, uh-huh. and, and I listen to these young couples say their vows. Right. And, and I think, 
are you really meaning what you're saying? Exactly. You know, until yeah, death do us till, part. In sickness 30, and 30 hell. years of being locked inside your body. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And he took care of her, her. Yeah. helping her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, by the time I was in, you know, uh, 14, 15, you know, she couldn't drive anymore. So wow. we got our hardship license and, sure. you know, we'd help her into the car and throw the wheelchair in the trunk and, yeah. and get back and have to lift her out, you know, and so forth. And so, um, but that was something that he did all day, every day, right. you know, for the next 40 years, Gosh. 30, 40 years. Wow. And that commitment, you know, when you say those vows, do you really mean it? You uh -huh. know, God yeah. may test you on that and, and his fortitude and, and, uh, you know, not that I'm sure he didn't have difficult days and oh, times yeah. and stuff, but just that commitment that this is the vow I made uh -huh. and this is what I'm stick to. Yeah. You know, it'd been yeah. easy to walk away, mm -hmm. you know, and say, ah, this is more than I signed up for, you know? Yeah. But, um, not that they didn't have some struggles along the way, Absolutely. but still he was 100% committed because that's, and he didn't complain. I mean, you know, it, it was amazing too, that he didn't complain about his situation, circumstances, having, you know, taken care of her and, mm. and the things that went along with that throughout those years. Yeah. And so to see that strong and he wasn't a big guy, you know? Right. <laughs> and, uh, um, but seeing him take care of her all those years and knowing that, you know, he, his commitment was real. Yeah. And I think it just showed such a great picture of how, you know, God has committed to us. When we commit our lives to him, he's committed to us. Yeah. To take care of us, mm -hmm. to see us through those times, to, yeah. to walk with us when we can't, you know, walk on our own. And so that's the beauty when you have that knowledge of knowing God's right there. Right. The things we face in this world are easy. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, well, a lot easier. Yeah. You... You know, when this podcast comes out, mm -hmm. um, it will probably be, it'll be in a few weeks. I'm not really sure because I'm not sure when we'll post right. it, but, um, but, uh, we, it will be after we've talked about the end of our, the series that we're mm -hmm. in called from this day forward. Right. So the last commitment, you know, is, is never give up. And so, mm -hmm. you know, what you just described is what we'll, what we, we yeah. talked about, right. It's that, that we, uh, when we're married to one another, um, our focus is on glorifying God mm -hmm. through our relationship. And then our focus is on our focus is on serving this other person and helping mm -hmm. them become all that God's created them to be. And it's your dad's faithful service to your mom in the middle, in the midst of all that, right? Mm -hmm. Your dad's faithful service to your mom that actually helped her to be the woman that she was, who was, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Who was, who was, who was positive, who was always ministering, who was always loving mm -hmm. people around her, sharing the gospel with her, her mm -hmm. caregivers, right? That, that, uh, his ministry to her helped, helped her to be that. And his ministry to her was a testimony to others. Exactly. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. what he did impacted the lives of friends and people that, that knew them. And, uh, you know, they, they could see Christ's love through his work. Right. Yeah. You know, he didn't have to, you know, preach the gospel to them. Exactly. He didn't have to share scripture with them because they could see him living it in his life each day. Well, and ultimately, Tony, every marriage, mm -hmm. that's what it's supposed to do. Exactly. Like all, all, and not just marriages, but mm -hmm. our relationships, you know, our relationship with our kids or any, any of those relationships we have with other people. The design of them is that in them, we would be painting a picture of the character and the love of God. And, right. and, uh, and so I think about that sometimes in my relationship with Amy, mm -hmm. you know, the number one calling that we have as a couple is, is to display the love of God through our relationship with one another for the world to see. Exactly. And it's, <laughs> people think we're crazy when I say this, but, um, Laurie and I, like I said, we've been married 41 years. Yeah. And in 41 years, we've never had a fight. Wow. Yeah. And so people go, no, you're lying. Come, you're, on. You're, come on. No, no. I mean, yeah, we've had some debates, some disagreements or whatever, sure. but we've never had a fight where, you know, we'd be yell at each other, be mad or whatever. Right. And they go, there's no way. And I'm like, yes, there is. I said, because well, we both started off with the knowledge of knowing that our marriage is supposed to, it's a covenant marriage. Our marriage is supposed to reflect the, the image of Christ. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Christ tells us, put the, you know, those who would be uh, last should be first, first mm -hmm. should be last. And, and my daughter had a friend get married and, and they were over at the house one time for dinner or whatever. And, and she asked me, um, she said, dad, if you could give my friend one word of advice, you know, she's fixing to get married. What's one of them, just one thing of advice you could give her, Yeah, you know, what would it be? And I said, both of you commit to put the other one first. Right. You know, you put your, your spouse's needs, wants, desires, and so forth above your own. Right. And if they do it too, 
then you won't have any problems. Yeah. Now, if only one does it, it doesn't work. Doesn't work. <laughs> as well. It is yeah. Work, yeah. But when you put the other one first, right. then you know, you're know you not focused on yourself because uh, all the fights, disagreements and stuff is usually selfish. It, you're exactly right. You know, you're yeah. focused on yourself, your needs, your wants, you know, and, and they're usually result of being selfish. Yeah. And so if you're always focused on putting your spouse first and your spouse is always focused on putting you first. Yeah. Then, you know, your biggest argument is, what are we having for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> you're, when your number one concern is the holiness yes. of your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. That helping them to become all that God's created them to be. When, mm-hmm. when, that, when your number one concern is to do that for this person that you love, you wake up every morning thinking, how can I today mm-hmm. help my wife or my husband become all that God's created yeah. them to be. You know, yeah. well, if that's what you're thinking, boy, it's really hard to have a marriage fail if you have pe- two people who are thinking like that all the time. Yeah. If, if not impossible. And, and the only way you can do that is with God. The Holy Spirit. I exactly. mean, that's, that's no, the only way you can do right, it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we're not made that. We're no. not built that way. We are built to be selfish. Like exactly. our natural bent is to be selfish. That's right. Exactly. Okay. So last thing before we go, um, talk about, I I would, I would just like to hear you talk about your mom's funeral. Yeah. Talk about, you know, when she did, when she did pass, Mm -hmm. you know, and you guys all kind of gathered together, you know, talk about, you know, what that looked like, some stories that people told, like what, you know, what do you remember from that? Well, a couple of things. One is is one of the harder things I ever did. I preached her funeral. Yeah. Okay. And so that, that was tough. But, uh, I remember the amazing thing is in her inviting or not inviting, but me over the years, she had a lot of different caretakers, sure. you know, uh, that would assist and help take care of her. And how many of them came to her funeral? Right. You right. know, they may have not have seen her in eight, 10 years, yeah. but just that was the impact she had on people's lives. Even yeah. though she couldn't do anything for herself. Yeah. Um, she, you know, they were having to tend and take care of her, especially in those last 25, 30 years. Yeah. I mean, she had to be fed and, and bathed and, you know, wow. bathroom, everything yeah. had to be done for her. And so to see those caretakers, I mean, that's not an easy job either. I mean, no. God bless them. Yes. You know, they, they have a special exactly. ministry in their own, but th- to come to the funeral, right. you know, and to share about how, um, she had witnessed to them, how she had impacted them. Yeah. because of just her her spirit. Yeah. And that was the other thing I think most people would, would comment on is just she had such a sweet spirit. Mm-hmm. And you think her circumstances, situations, you know, how can you have a sweet spirit like right, that? Right, right. You know, you can't on your own. Right. But it's only God's spirit living through you that you can portray that sweet spirit that even though this life sucks. Right, <laughs> it does sometimes. And, right. uh that you can still maintain that that godly spirit that God wants you to have mm-hmm. and that you can impact other people and um, let them know that, you know, this this is just a, a flash in the bucket in the time right. of eternity yeah. and that I got something better to look forward to. Yeah. And so, you know, so it, it was a special time that, you know, they, they would talk about that of friends, um, you know, neighbors, you know, because right. neighbors would come, you know, she's... They lived in the same house for 40 years. Right. So, <laughs> so neighbors would come and go, but the ones that were in the neighborhood that they got to know, uh, they would always come over and be friends. And, and uh, you know, the different um, couples that had known them over the years, you know, they would just talk about how, you know, her attitude and her spirit impacted them. Yeah. And so, you know, I think which is such a testimony to each one of us that, you know, even though we're going through a situation, circumstance in our life that we think, God can't use me. Right. You know, not in the situation I'm in. Right. God can't use me the way I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, what what I've done or what I've experienced or the you know the 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 circumstance I'm in, God can't use me. God can. Yeah. You know, if we just allow him to. Right. If we'll just surrender ourselves to him and allow him to use us, you know, he can use us no matter what. That's so good. And so, you know, that was the beauty of it. He used her even though she couldn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, literally, yeah. she physically she couldn't do anything, uh, but he still used her to impact a lot of people. And you know, you have, you know, you probably had an idea that she mm-hmm. had had that impact on people, but but it may not have been until her actual yeah. funeral when you s- mm-hmm. hear these people and see these people gathered that you're like, whoa, look yeah. at this, you know. Yeah. And there's going to be an, an there's there are other moments like that that we're going to experience in eternity where you're going to see like the 
you know, like for example, the plumber yeah. that we talked about at the first, you know, he probably doesn't have any idea how that one act in his life has impacted, for example, your children and their yeah. children. And, but one day he's going to get to yeah. see that yeah. and, and know how God's work mm-hmm. in him made this huge mm-hmm. impact. And, and, uh, and I just think that's a beautiful thing to, and to I think, think it's, it's a testimony to us to not to, to waste those opportunities yeah. we have yeah, just to say a simple invite. Hey, yeah. come to church Sunday, every, you know, like, every one of them, yeah. you know, that's all he said to him was, Hey, you have a church home. Yeah. You know, yeah. he knew they were new in the community and said, do you have a church home? Yeah. They're like, no, hey, like you'd come to ours. That's awesome. You know? Well, and so it, look, for those of you listening to the podcast right now, let me just go ahead and say, if you don't have a church home, yeah, exactly, <laughs> we would love for you to join us at First uh, First Baptist Church Shallow Water. There are some amazing people, as you mm-hmm. can hear, if, especially if you've listened to any episodes of this podcast, some amazing people at our church. But I promise if you if you come here, uh, if you visit here, I promise you that we're we're gonna make you feel welcome, and we're gonna love on you, and uh, and and so so you know if you don't have a church home, you should just give it exactly. a shot. And the other part of that, even when you come, get involved in the small groups. Yeah, yeah. That's where you in. really build friendships and relationships, mm-hmm. and and some of those relationships, like you know, uh, my parents experienced lifelong relationships. Right. You know that uh, you never uh, you never regret. Yeah. You know yeah. they become family and. And so we all, you know, through our, our church experiences, you know, have a new family. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, but the way you really get to know them is in small groups. So mm-hmm. I encourage you to uh, to be a part of a small group. So, okay, uh, before we close up shop, uh, I, I do want to, I do want for you to be able to share what you guys have going on at Everly Brooks over Christmas season. Oh. So, because you've been working, look, you know, uh, okay, for if those of you who are listening, right, Tony has been telling you about how Everly Brooks, you know, his daughter is, you know, overseeing that and daughter and her husband are managing all that. But, uh, but Tony loves to help out out there. And he has been working really hard to get ready for something really special. So share a little bit about that, about what's going on at Christmas out there, yeah. because I know some of our listeners are going to okay. want to go. Well, this is the first year we're, we're doing uh, uh, an event called Experience Christmas at Everly yeah. Brooks. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We, what you've been referencing, we've been building props and backgrounds yep. and, and all kinds of different things. And I've seen got... them, and they're awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> And, well, you know, thousands and thousands of lights going up and so forth. But it's, it's going to be a special time for the Lubbock community and surrounding areas and yeah. something different, unique that Lubbock hasn't experienced for everything from vendors in the barn to uh, a walk-in life-size snow globe. You can get your whole family in for pictures. Sweet. Uh, uh, you can have s'mores with the Grinch and uh, walk around trail of lights around the pond. And, yeah. and then in the chapel, we'll have uh, live concerts. Yeah, and yeah. Hopefully, Brad and oh, our yeah. staff will plan on thing out. But yes, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm we'll we'll that. be performing a couple yeah. of weeks or at least one weekend or something or a couple of nights. And, and uh, then we have a life-size nativity scene uh, with a scripture trail leading up to it. And then course you'll be able to go into uh, the north pole and and see santa, santa and, and uh hot chocolate bars and food trucks in the out in the parking lot and stuff so it it's going to be a, a unique experience that's why we're calling experience christmas yeah. you know it's not just a look at bill it's, it's a hands-on event and uh, experience and and the concerts hopefully you know we share the christmas story through a lot of the concerts and yeah. people that might not hear it otherwise and and so uh it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. The first year is hard, but eventually uh, the website Experience Christmas LBK will will be active here okay. in a week or two. Okay. But Experience Christmas Lubbock or Experience Christmas LBK, uh, you'll start seeing some information. And Yeah. And, By the uh, time this podcast airs, it will definitely hopefully be Hopefully so. Yeah, yeah, hopefully so. It's, so. Uh, we did some video shoots and just recently and, and uh, to put on there. And so... Hopefully that'll be active, but that will start uh, Thanksgiving night, actually. Awesome. So that'll be opening night, kind of soft opening for two nights, and then we'll mm. be the next weekend, and then starting December 8th, it'll be every night through the 23rd. All right. And so, uh, yeah, we encourage people to come out. It will be a ticketed event, but once you're in, the only thing you, you pay for after that is your concessions. Concessions. But, um, but uh, all of our concert goers are, provi- are, are performing for charities and yep. so forth, and so um, we want to grow this and, and uh, get sponsorships to provide uh, group homes from all the, the different children's homes to come out. And so sure. we're going to grow the seats here and, and give back to the community, and it's going to be a lot of fun, something to do during the holiday season. Yeah. Lubbock honestly doesn't have a whole lot to do during the holiday season. Right. So uh, so we, again, God 
kind of put this on our hearts, open this door. And so we're faithfully stepping through it. We're going to, we don't know <laughs> if 500 or 50,000 to show up, That's but right. we're going to, we're going to put it on and see what, see what happens. Well, I can tell you, it's going to be beautiful because I've, I've seen some of the decorations you guys are putting together and it's going to be beautiful. So, uh, so make plans to head out to Eberly Brooks and, uh, and, and once again, everything Christmas LBK. Or right? experience Christmas. Experience Christmas. Christmas experience Christmas LBK.com is the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, check it out. That you can get tickets and everything off of there once it goes live. I think so. I, so. That's above yeah, my so level of your, expertise. That's not your so. pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> you're the you're the you're building the props. That's I just build props. That's good. And, that's good. You're the the manual labor. That's, that's it. Good. Nowadays, that's me. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> can you build this dad sure yeah, yes you know, it's like, yeah we can build that and then so. you, yeah and you have to figure out how to do it because it's like hey could you build this thing that's huge but that we can take, take down apart and put in here and exactly then, you know build it you know and, and it might like, get so heavy to move yeah. you know that's what i get in trouble for it's like how are we supposed to move this now and i'm like well i don't know i just build them <laughs> you just told me to build it <laughs> all right well listen make plans to do that and tony thank you so much for spending some time today it's my pleasure so much good uh wisdom and and encouraging stuff, uh, and encouraging stuff in this podcast. I really wish I could have met your mom. Yeah, I, I you would really, enjoyed it. Yeah, I would have. I would have. And uh, but but knowing you, uh, you know, I can see I can see the legacy that she's left in you, yeah. and I'm I'm grateful to call you my friend, brother. All right, thank so, you. Enjoyed it. You bet. All right, so y'all, take uh, come out to Everly Brooks. Come visit uh, First Baptist Church Shallow Water, and uh, and uh, we'll see you around town. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.